Welcome to another edition of Aegis Biz and Tech, our monthly podcast. Today we're joined by Brad Swanson with Florida Internet and Television. Welcome, Brad. Blake, thanks so much for having us on, man. My pleasure. We'd like to start with a little joke. So, Is it holiday themed? It is definitely holiday themed. <laughs> the ornament got addicted to Christmas. Why? It was hooked on trees its whole life. Oh, that's so good, Blake. One of your best ever. I love that it. That is pretty solid. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, we are lucky to have Brad with us today. Brad and I have known each other for almost 30 years. And to think about a three-decade gener- friendship, that's pretty spectacular. It, it's pretty amazing. I even have some photographic proof. And uh, for your audience out there, proof what, of the, life. What, what they can see is... This is back when we had dark hair and we were young and, and virile young people skiing. And now my back hurts. You're, you know, I had more you. hair back then. You're good. So, uh, yes, we've known each other for a long time. That was an excellent spring break in yes. Aspen, Colorado, <laughs> back in the good old days. <laughs> well, in more recent times, Brad has taken over Florida Internet and Television. And let's start with a little recap. Sure. When you started with the organization, it wasn't called Florida Internet and Television. Nope. So tell us what it was like when you stepped into that role and what that rebranding looked like, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. So um, I stepped in the role in uh, July 11th, uh, 2016. Uh, The organization was called Florida Cable Telecommunications Association. It's quite a long bit of uh, words and syllables there. And we represented what is the modern era of your internet and television and cable provider and two completely different um, uh, industries, if you will, from what the title says versus what we're doing today. So today we're called Florida Internet and Television. And, you know, when, when your, your, your everyday person thinks about what do I want? I want my internet to work and I want my TV to work. They don't think <laughs> of their telecommunications company right. or their cable company. They might still call it cable, but it's, it's so much more than that. So we moved away from two words that might have been hot in the late 80s or early 90s and really kind of spoke towards a, a much more base level of technology. But now it's so interactive and it's amazing and it's dynamic. And everybody still calls it, oh, w- when they're watching their phone, they're saying, oh, I'm watching it on my TV. It's still, it's their phone or they're watching it in their house and it's just high tech and it's the internet and it's amazing. So. Well, congratulations on your success. Thank you. With the new name. Uh, you all have a massive footprint in the state, and congratulations on that. Well, thanks. Yeah, we uh, we rec- we we represent roughly 160,000 jobs in the state of Florida. Um, a lot of those are direct jobs, but a ton of those are well, I say a lot of them. Uh, Seven thousand of those are direct jobs for my members, but the rest are all. A lot of them are small business providers that provide all those services to to make cable work in the state of Florida. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about technology. Okay. You and I collaborated on a piece for FloridaPolitics.com last mm-hmm. year on net neutrality. Yes. So a lot of people were scared on what that would bring to the table. Fast forward approximately a year later, I don't see uh, any of those concerns as a reality. What do you see? Yeah, so you're spot on. I mean, it really was a national... PR campaign, um, and it was really about who's got access to data. As we know, the big guys, Facebook and Google, want every ounce of data out there. They were really in tight with the previous administration at the FCC, and so they were pushing for this net neutrality thing, and they were saying the internet would collapse if they didn't get what they wanted and all these other things. And sure enough, all we did was go back to the Bill Clinton bipartisan era that built the internet and has provided it to more people on the globe faster than anybody. And once we put those old rules in, into place called light touch, the internet still works today just like it did 
before the the big scare of net neutrality. It is tough to break the internet. I think the only people that can break the internet are the Russians. Uh, they know. just created their own. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I don't think they're breaking it. I think they continue to 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 use it to try and you know do what they're going to do, like everybody does. Oh, yeah. But that's the beauty of the internet is it's amazing. Now this year we collaborated on another piece for Peter and FloridaPolitics.com on 5G. Yes. So yes. are we there in North Florida? Are we 5G? No. What's that timeline look no. like? No. So so 5G and 10G, right? So you've got 5G is the fifth generation of cell phone technology. And it's, you know how many people data. don't realize that? So I'm glad right, you brought that right. up. Because no, people it's think good. that's five gigs. Right, like, right. No, no, so no, it's, it it's the fifth generation of how our cell phones download data and you can watch this rich, amazing text on your phone. Um, the trick is, is you have to have a lot more antennas around you to make that data go back and forth from that antenna. They need to be closer, kind of at city level. So what you'll see on 5G deployment is you'll see it happening within our most metro areas because there's more places to hang these, these, these micro antennas if you will. Right. And from, from our member offering, we have 10G, which is 10 gigabit speed. And they're going to start deploying that roughly in the next 24 months and start rolling that out. And that's they basically figured out how to send data in opposite ways on the same pipe at the same time. So it immediately turbocharged all the existing fiber out there, all the existing coax. And so our 10G underpinning is what's what's required as well as the 5G antennas out there by your, your telephone companies and everybody to go deploy that. And the combination of that is still probably, they're starting to roll it out, it's going slow, um, but, but the whole industry will be there beginning in about 24 months. People will start to see it in major markets. Well, this is the time of year you certainly start hearing people talking about trends and what are we gonna see in 2020? And 5G is certainly one of those things. Yeah. Uh, I wonder sometimes who comes up with these phrases like the Internet of Things is one of those ones that have stuck around. It's horrible branding, you know, in my opinion, that's, but it's what they call it, it. So It goes all the way back to 1999. Right. It's stuck right. around that long. Right. But one of the worst I just heard was the, the democratization of IT. How so, old is that? Um, it, I think it goes back two years, but I'm starting to hear it a lot. And you think, what does that mean? Does that mean, you know, freedom from your technology uh, like here's the deal is everybody meets globally to set the standards so all the toys work and they can talk to each other so I don't mm -hmm. know about de democratization if you're talking about these companies from all over the world getting together to lay out standards so that the stuff works that's that's one of the hardest things the whole industry has to deal with is I might invent something amazing you might invent something that would be great but we if we can't agree on how they all talk to each other it's not going to work but but yes it, it ends up getting to every level of person on the globe and I guess that's the democratization of technology well said man well said you're really making me articulate on this thing it's painful it's oh painful. you did you did fabulous I'm a mumbler so heart. let's let's talk about this so you're in your office mm -hmm. productivity yeah on your phone yeah. or ipad what kind of app changes uh, or what app specifically changes the game for you on a day-to-day -day basis there's one you love more than more sure. than others sure so uh, so in the business world my number one app is literally my texting app right because i yep. can crank messages out on that that regardless of what you're doing you can be in the middle of a meeting you can be on a conference call and you can still be communicating so really you know you could say it's your calendar you could say it, it, it's other some nifty awesome amazing app but literally the ability to communicate with people silently while 
while you're doing other things is one of the best apps out there. So for me, it's just the standard old texting app. Yeah, I remember like the MSN Messenger back in the right. day on, right. the, on the screen. Well, now you can do it through a million other apps. You can do it oh, through yeah. Insta, Facebook, you know, you name all these other apps. Now I've got too many messaging apps, so WhatsApp and, and you name it and group tech. I mean, it's, it's nuts, but, but I love it. Yeah, I'm addicted to yeah, it. Yeah, I got a Facebook notification this morning from a client who knows my phone number, knows my email address, knows my phone number. Why are you reaching out to me here? But if you ignore those communication protocols, you're missing the boat. So yeah, you're right. It's a a crowded space. One of my favorite apps that I really enjoy, uh, I have a tailgate group Mm -hmm. at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Go Gators. uh, You know, we spend a lot of money on um, meals and beverages and hotel accommodations, Airbnbs, whatnot. It's an app called Cost Split. Oh, I love that. So you're able that. to put every user in there and put what you spend on what by date and then assign uh, a tab, if you will, virtually. Check it out. Cost wow. wow. I, I love it. It's like Venmo on steroids. So, it is. So and I'm in no great. way affiliated with Cost This is not a paid uh, endorsement. No, no. But they should pay you now. They should. They should. Okay. They should. All right. All right, All right Brad. You've I got a great it. footprint, uh, not just with the internet and communication mm-hmm. community in Florida. You've got a great footprint in the political world. So I've, Thank you. I've seen you in action and you uh, work with a lot of hope, uh, high profile elected officials. Yeah. So this question will be very unloaded. Um, who has a good sense of humor out there in our elected space? Well, uh, that's a great question because, you know, in this space, you know, just, you weren't sure where I was going with that, were you? <laughs> just about everybody, everybody in this space is no. OK, I might I might have had a hint that that one was coming. But in this space, everyone's hyper charismatic, right? So everybody's ultra outgoing. Everyone that works in the process from lobbyists to association leaders to the elected officials to people that run campaigns. I mean, they're all hyper extroverts. So everybody's ready with a joke. But the ones that rise above, you literally are kind of like stunned because so many people are worried about their brand and their persona and their perception they they but but the ones that just let let their freak flags fly are are the most approachable and they're great so um senator pasadomo is hysterical she's an attorney from naples but you spend six seconds with her and she's she's telling jokes and she's great sam killabrew from winter haven is is one of my oldest friends but he's got a raging sense of humor and he's always in the back of the room quietly telling you a joke um uh, jimmy patronus cfo of the state of florida hysterical guy so down to earth always ready to laugh his twitter presence is pretty phenomenal yeah yeah he's strong he's strong um Senator Bean, hysterical from Jacksonville. Um, uh, uh, um, Amber Mariano, young legislator out of Pasco. She's super fun, and her Twitter feed is hysterical. So, so there's so many. The list literally could I could go on. There's 160 legislators. I could probably Does Brad Drake make the list. Oh, Brad's that's uh, pretty. Funny Brad, guy. Brad, Brad's amazing. He's hysterical, <laughs> and his Twitter feed is really good. So yeah. I recommend people follow. And Everybody here in Tallahassee, uh, Mayor Daly does a good job. Uh, yeah, John's great. Keep John and Jenny are, are are great, but John's certainly out there uh, hitting it on uh, his social media feeds for sure. But he's just a funny guy in Definitely. general. Great guy too. So let's talk uh, community here in sure. Tallahassee. Uh, the charitable organizations that we get to work with to uh, fundraise for, Mm -hmm. which ones jump out uh, in your mind? You know, one, the top one for me that's near and dear to my heart is Young Life. Um, I was in Young Life in high school. All my kids did Young Life. Yeah. Um, Did Bible study back then. I'm not sure if if any of it took. I really hope it does for my (laughs) eternal soul, but uh, that somebody else is going to be the judge of that. But amazing organization, uh, amazing board. Um, Emmett Reed, Chip Williams sit on that board. Uh, Joel Kennedy is their area director. Amazing group of folks. I 
went out to their uh, pheasant hunt last yeah. year. Yeah, uh, Emmett had yep. uh, invited I was, us. I was out there and was great. Uh, amazing fundraiser and uh, just a great, great organization that helps kids to to see that side of faith in a very kind of positive and if you will, religion neutral environment. So it's approachable. It's, it's amazing. The other one, uh, excuse me, that you introduced me to is Treehouse. Mm -hmm. That organization is incredible. I mean, the work that they're doing with kids is, is, is barring on some of the most amazing results that this town is getting. And then their fast cars and Mason jars fundraiser is just such a fun way to introduce people to that charity. And then, and then frankly, you know, um, get involved, which is great. Yeah. I was involved with 10 years directly on the board and then, um, now just as a supporter, but to see Slater Bayless and Jimmy Fasig really take right. ownership of that organization right. and push it into 2012. Well, Slater, cool. probably a judgment call 50, 50 <laughs> on that one. No, I'm just kidding. He's an amazing guy, amazing leader. And, and Jimmy's just great in the community as well. And a, a great partner to that organization. Moving on. So I wrote a column this year about <laughs> golf. I was talking to Jay at the chamber about, his uh, journal on golf, and I was looking at various courses, and then I had the epiphany. I right. had the awakening, right. and I said, or I heard in my head, move over, Swanson. I'm driving the iconic line from Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack. In the boat scene. In the boat scene. Yeah. Uh, move over, Swanson. I'm driving. Oh, uh, I wrote how your father was a producer on that film. And if you could share a little bit about that, sure. as I looked up his credits on what he's worked on, the Rocky film, right. Caddyshack, right. That's, right. it's legendary, it's yeah. epic. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So, um, so my dad was larger than life. Love him, miss him. Um, but his passion for films was his lifelong ambition. So he got in the business in 63 and by 1971 or two, um, he was helping uh, Sylvester Stallone with the script because he had written a multi-million dollar film and the studios had said you get you know one dollar less than a million dollars if you can do it. <laughs> So um, my dad was doing the budget as he was making recommendations to Stallone to change like the ice skating scene from 400 extras to just them and the Zamboni driver, a little cheaper to shoot that way. So did that. Caddyshack was incredible. All me and my two sisters, we were on the set the whole time. Uh, Hurricane David rolled through. We had to wow. go out there. There were apartments on site where all the actors were staying. So had to drive out and check on everybody. Uh, Bill Murray, um, uh, Chevy Chase, they were all, all around. Um, just, just great folks. A lot of fun. Uh, they blew up the golf course. If you've seen the A&E special, it's probably the <laughs> best description of how the whole film uh, went down, good and bad. Right. And uh, and they uh, they took uh, the owners of the course off property for lunch uh, the day they were going to blow up the course because they didn't want them to do that. They shut down air traffic into um, Fort Lauderdale Airport because uh, they thought it was, it was some sort of explosion or something really bad. And it was. But uh, Boom Boom Johnson, one of the famous uh, special effects guys from South Florida, really loaded up the dynamite and uh, let it rock. He also did back when they really made movies. Miami Vice. Right. Right. And, it, and they were dangerous. There was, there was no green screen back then. It was. Uh, it was on. So there well, you go. that's Caddy Shack. That's amazing. And uh, having that connection with the film uh, versus how someone else might see it. Who's your favorite uh, actor or actress in the film? In the film, um, 
Uh, you know, that's t- it's got to be Bill Murray. I mean, he's so he's so funny. I mean, you know, Chevy's amazing. I mean, Bill Murray was only uh, there for a few days on set. Like he shot all that stuff. I, I want to say in like four days, and um, Chevy was there the duration of of the shot. But um, Bill Murray just just he, he you know I, I've I've seen him in Tampa when he comes to play golf and things like that, and he is just. A great guy, but he just flips it on and he's hysterical. So uh, there's a million more stories I could probably tell, but not appropriate for uh, podcasts or radio or Understood. TV. So. We are PG-13. That's right. our official Ish. rating. Ish. Ish. Right, right, right. Uh, I understand recently uh, you visited Israel. Yeah. Uh, one of my first international treks with Aegis was to go to Israel as the North American representative, right. which uh, I felt pretty honored. Uh, obviously... Well, Blake, you're, you're a little bigger than uh, Florida. You're a pretty important person. Of course, you're going to be the first North American <laughs> representative to visit Israel. So Thank you for that. You're Thank you for that. You're welcome. But uh, they invited us to uh, Pineapp headquarters because mm-hmm. if you didn't know, Brad, Matt King, executive director, and audience, spam was invented in Israel. So one oh. of the first anti-spam appliances Thanks, to come Israel. out of the country was <laughs> Israel. And uh, they invited me over. Our customer service representative had an Uzi at all times, right. which the country is ready to go at yep. any time because they refer to themselves as the um, nice house in the bad neighborhood. That's yep. what uh, the Tel Aviv professor described the country yeah. as. Yeah. And when I looked over across the uh, Red Sea one night in Iyat, I said, what are all those Jeeps? And I showed my American ignorance in all its glory. And he said, those aren't Jeeps, sir. Those are tanks. And that's Jordan. So uh, in 60 seconds or less, tell us about uh, what, what you were doing there recently. Yeah, so we were there um, with a national group called the American Legislative Exchange Council, and we support legislation that is uh, both pro-Israel. Um, several of the global uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Israel groups are trying to make Israel put stars on their products, very reminiscent of, of the 30s and 40s and the discrimination they faced then. So um, thankfully, Florida's legislature and many others have passed anti-BDS legislation, which is um, anti, um, anti-Israel branding, if you will, of their products. So while we were there, we saw the Golan, um, there were rocket attacks. So, um, that was amazing. We saw Jerusalem and, uh, and there's an app for that. Oddly enough, uh, we all downloaded an app that showed where the rocket attacks were happening and when, and that's probably uh, a little more helpful than my cost split app. Yeah, no, I, I think not to make light of it. I think they're man, both, they're both awesome in the right environment. And that app certainly was, I don't know if it was awesome, but it was kind of like getting a direct feed on everything you had no control over so thankfully we were pretty far north and away from all of the conflict but but you spoke about it the the persistent vigilance against folks that want to wipe them off the map is 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 one of the the biggest takeaways that i took from from children to to, to women and men and everybody at all ages they are all uh, perpetually vigilant about the enemies of israel and they're fulfilling biblical prophecy it was it was an absolute blessing to go um everybody there was 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 beautiful to get to know and i can't wait to go back awesome well as we close today you're cooking dinner tonight <laughs> What is the Brad Swanson ultimate recipe for our audience? Well, the ultimate recipe that I'm, if I'm cooking is a chicken piccata or a, uh, that one I'm, I'm good at, but, but I'm, I really love my sugar and I love my desserts. So I'm a pecan pie and a bread pudding guy. I can make, I can make those dishes to where you will indulge yourself until you literally pass out with a sugar coma and, and it's amazing. And what do you pair with this? What's the ultimate beverage and or wine? That's uh, tough. Um, pretty much any, uh, bourbon or scotch or, uh, so bourbon, pecan pie and chicken piccata. 
ricotta. It's uh, game uh, on. Oh, you mean in the dish itself, or or you're drinking it? No, we're separately. pairing it separately. Okay, yeah, no, no. I think uh, bourbon with pecan pie is always appropriate, and I think uh, I think bread pudding and uh, a really heavy red wine will will give you the best night's sleep of your life. Now, the next morning you will wake up and you won't be able to move your wrists or your ankles because of oh, all, you, the, all the badness you've ingested. But it was worth it. You must pay for all things. <laughs> well, thank you, Brad, for joining us today. It's been an outstanding dialogue, yeah. an outstanding conversation. As I said earlier, congratulations on your success with Florida Internet and Television. Thank you all for listening today. Tune in next time for another edition of Biz and Tech as we begin 2020. Thanks for your partnership. Thank you, Tallahassee. Thank you, Florida. We'll see you next time. 